Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the 9 to 5 Fitness Podcast. Matt and Sydney here bringing you more great, helpful, and practical health and fitness information. Um, We want to talk about BMI today. So if you haven't heard of BMI, that stands for Body Mass Index. And uh, why we want to talk about it today is um, there's probably a lot of people that are getting really into their workouts again, whether or not that's getting out of the house and going back to the gym, if it's um, just kind of feeling like uh, they need to get back on track after weeks and months of inactivity. Um, And one of the most important things to make sure that you are monitoring the progress of your workout program is tracking um, how effective your workout program is. So you have to keep track of some kind of uh, measurable uh, variable. So whether that be you know somebody trying to lose weight by jumping on a scale um, a couple times a month, whether that's somebody checking their body fat percentage, um, BMI is kind of like another one of those uh, biometrics that are used as an assessment for for general health. Um, some people use it as a, a measurable goal to try to decrease. Um, as part of their fitness program. So we're going to kind of jump into BMI, whether or not you should uh, use it, um, when to use it, and uh, if it's a reliable source of information uh, to measure health and more specifically measure the progress of your workout program. So, um, Cindy, what do you know about BMI just in general? Well, I know that it not only takes into account muscle, but it also takes into account, I mean, not only takes into account your fat, but also your muscle. So um, back in the day when I was in track, I know that they always warned us about our BMI. And if we were like in one of the wrong categories or something, and it didn't seem right to not worry too much about it because we were likely, you know, we had more muscle than the average human being. So that is the way that I have always kind of approached my BMI number just with a little cautiousness and with that in mind. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's been around for a long time. Um, usually when people reference their BMI, it's, um, you know, regarding whether or not you're at a healthy weight or not. So, uh, most people, you know, might have a general idea of how much they weigh. If you don't, then you go jump on a scale Um, But your body mass index um, is a little bit more specific because it does involve um, your height uh, ratio versus your weight. Um, So it's a height to weight ratio. Um, Surprisingly, I learned that this this little uh, measurement is about 200 years old. um, And it was first developed to do kind of sociological population research. Um, which is really interesting, and I didn't really, ever, didn't really ever know about this type uh, of research. I did research. not know that this was <laughs> old. I thought this was like a more recent thing, like thirty yeah. years maybe. Yeah. So, well, there's some, there's some fun, there's some fun information to look at thirty years ago, which we'll get to. But, um, yeah. So I guess this um, scientist uh, basically came up with the height to weight, height to weight ratio, the body mass index. Um, and I guess he was trying to do something called quantify the ideal man. Um, <laughs> mm, ideal <laughs> so, man. Yeah, it was a very interesting um, 
little article I came across. I'll I'll uh I'll attach the link if people are interested in digging into that a little bit deeper. But uh, we're not going to go into that too much. But just to let you know that it is a old metric and it's been used for a long time. Um, it's also been used as a tool to help uh, people that are trying to get life insurance, whether or not they you know can get a lower or higher rate because it is a health measurement. So um, for a while, people were using, you know, if you had a high BMI, that means you were at greater health risk. So your life insurance is going to be higher. Um, now, what you're talking about, Sydney, within the last 30 years, um, and again, this is another piece of information I'll post if you guys want to look into it a little bit more, but um, the obesity measurement um, as a public U.S. policy started in 19. 85. So that's where the kind of 30 year ish ah. mark comes from. Hey, um, I was almost right about something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it just kind of, you know, it just kind of became this, you know, easy, cheap equation to kind of generally test, you know, a person's health status. So, um, you know, and anything that's easy and cheap, hey, why not just uh, make it a public, public policy? So um, that's why it's so prevalent and that's why you see it everywhere. Anytime you go to the doctor, um, you know, any, anytime you are doing a fitness assessment, you might see BMI pop up. Um, so there's a lot of, it's been around for a long time. It's very popular and I don't think it's really going anywhere, even though um, there's a lot of information um, that shows BMI is not the best at determining overall health. Um, but we'll talk about kind of what, what it is actually good for. Uh, in a little bit. But I did want to mention one more thing in terms of the history of BMI. Um, usually, when now the way BMI, BMI works is if you take uh, your height and you divide your weight and then you get a number. So, for example, Cindy and I did our body mass index and we found that I think mine is like 31.9 or something like that. Sydney, did you, did you have yours? Yeah, mine is 19.8. Yeah, so and generally speaking, if you're somebody that is between 25 and 18, you're doing a good job from BMI standards. So I'm at 32 almost. So technically, I'm an obese person. And I don't know if you've seen me, but That's I don't, crazy. I don't think not. I'm... I would not look at you and be like, yep, he's obese. No, <laughs> just no. Well, thank you, Sydney. I do appreciate that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll talk about the reasons why, um, you know, my measurement is uh, very high, uh, but I may not be considered, uh, you know, typical in terms of uh, physical stature when it comes to obesity. Um, so, we'll, but we'll take a look at that too. But anyway, so. If you're the main, the main point is if you're over um, 25. And this is by current standards. If you're over 25 on the BMI measurement, so you divide your height, your weight. If you're over 25, that means based off of the BMI scale, um, you would be labeled as an obese person. Now, I'm sorry, as an uh, overweight person. Obese is over 30, so check that. I'm uh, at about 32, um, so obese over 30. Uh, overweight is over 25. Now, fun little fact, um, around 1999, uh, there was a shift in the BMI numbers. So um, what used to be overweight in terms of 
um, the actual number you you got. So if you were at if you divided your height and weight and you got over 27 um, as your BMI total, you would be considered overweight. And um, in 1999, there was a shift, and the BMI scale went from 27 to 25. Uh, and immediately, there were millions of people all over the country that all of, this, all of a sudden became overweight just because the BMI chart shifted. So it was like millions of people. Millions of people just all of a sudden now, instead of being a normal weight, are now labeled as underweight. Uh, I'm sorry, overweight. <laughs> so it, it was really interesting. And I remember that that happened. Um, obviously, this was back in 1999. So, um, you know, just learning about this shift and like, okay, well, why did they, why did they change it, um, you know, from 27 to 25? Because um, that just immediately meant around 30 million people became uh, overweight overnight. Um, so it was pretty interesting development and it kind of goes to show that even just a couple of points in terms of the obesity scale doesn't really paint a clear picture on if you would determine somebody is overweight or not because that's you know if somebody's overweight that's something that they probably should be aware of because they don't want to continue to be overweight and they don't want to get to that point where they are obese because um, you're going to increase your risk of health complications so um, that's kind of where BMI stands today. Again, it's generally um, recognized that if you're between a, a measure of 25 and 18, you're considered normal. Um, the good thing about the BMI test, and this is kind of the only thing <laughs> that I think that's good about the BMI test, is it's, it does an okay job at measuring obesity in normal populations. Um, what that means is about 50% of the time, if it measures, if you measure obese, if you took, you know, a thousand people and 500 of them um, got an obesity, you know, rating, uh, then that's probably accurate in terms of, you know, whether or not that person is actually obese. Um, so that, you know, it's okay. But again, it's still a general biometric that's just used to, you know, do a quick estimate on where your current health status is. Um, the bottom line with BMI, you could be obese like me and still be considered healthy. I consider myself a healthy person. <laughs> uh, you could have a normal BMI, so you could be, you know, 25 to 18 and have a lot of health issues. So having a normal, you know, normal BMI doesn't really mean that you're going to be considered a healthy person. Um, you could be overweight and healthy. You could be obese and, and healthy. Um, so there's a lot of uncertainty with that measurement, which is why it's not really the best thing to use if you want to track your overall health long term. Um, again, if you have any questions about this and you're just kind of concerned about, you know, what your BMI is, um, go talk to your doc doctor and just ask and see if there's any other available assessments or measurements that you can get to give yourself a better idea of where you stand um, on your overall health. So besides just using BMI as the number one indicator. All right, so why should you, you know, care about BMI and, you know, care about doing other things to test um, your health? Well, because there's better measurements uh, to do. So uh, two of the measurements that I've always kind of leaned towards when it comes to understanding overall health is body fat percentage 
and then waist to hip ratio. Um, body fat percentage, I think, is kind of the easiest one for people to understand because um, when you do do this calculation, and again, I'll post links for all these um, calculators. So if you want to find your BMI, you can. If you want to do your body fat, you can do that too. Um, your waist to hip ratio, all you need is a tape measure to measure the uh, circumference of your waist and your hips, and you can find that really easily. Um, but using body fat, using waist, waist to hip ratio, obviously you're also going to need to know your scale weight. So you might, you do need to know how much you weigh for all of these. So um, although weight is important, it's not the only indicator to, to measure, you know, the health and success of your, of your program. Um, so when you're looking at body fat percentage, uh, the good thing about body fat percentage is that it tells you exactly how much body fat you have on you um, compared to your lean mass. So not necessarily just your muscle mass, but also your bone, you know, your skin, your hair, all the other tissues that aren't fat mass. Um, and the good thing about body fat percentage is that uh, it's a much better indicator of uh, your, the makeup of your actual body weight. Um, there was a really cool uh, uh, research uh, article that I found that tested um, some athletic populations. Um, and Sydney, this might be similar to what uh, you were experiencing in college, and this is kind of what I've experienced ever since I you know, started learning about biometrics was um, even though you may have a higher BMI, you may not actually be considered obese. Um, so this research uh, paper found that 13% of uh, the athletic population that did BMI came out obese. But when they did a body fat percentage measurement, only 6% of them came out obese. So that number was cut in half just by doing a body fat percentage test over a BMI test. Um, so body fat percentage is just a much more reliable uh, test to show you if you actually have uh, a over like an over fatness problem, basically. Um, so there's other numbers that you can look at when it comes to body fat percentage, you know, where you should be. Uh, usually people that are uh, kind of under 30% as um, a body fat percentage usually are considered uh, acceptable. And then once you start getting up, you know, 25 to 30 plus uh, in terms of body fat percentage, then you would start being considered uh, to be on that overweight or obesity range. So again, you can use BMI, but just be cautious with it. It's not going to tell you the whole picture. Uh, body fat percentage is going to give you a much clearer view um, of what your weight actually consists of. The other good thing about body fat percentage too is when you test it, you can actually test the change in a muscle mass. So if you're somebody that's looking to improve your muscle mass, if you do a body fat percentage test, you can actually measure the growth um, of lean body mass. Uh, you don't, unless, unless you grew out your hair extremely long and gained <laughs> a pound of hair or somehow, you know, another part of your body just grew like crazy. Um, you can't, you can't gain lean muscle mass or lean mass unless it's muscle tissue because you can gain a significant amount of muscle if you're training for it and eating properly. Um, so when you do a body fat percentage test, it is, it is, um, you do have the ability to see muscle growth, muscle growth within that body fat percentage test. So, um, that's a really cool thing to kind of monitor as you're doing your training programs.
Um, how you can get your body fat percentage tested, because it's not as easy um, as the BMI equation, which is height divided by weight. Um, there are a few ways you can get uh, body or body fat percentage done. You do need your weight, so you will always need your weight in order to do that. Um, and you may need to get some circumference calculations if you want to do a uh, body weight to circumference measurement calculation for body fat percentage. But um, that's just going to be an estimate. The best ways to do it is to use what's called a bioelectrical impedance device, which will give you an okay reading. Uh, there is going to be some percentage error in that, but the most important thing with any me measurement that you're doing is just making sure that it's consistent. It's the same reason why you don't you know, weigh yourself on 10 different scales to try to monitor your weight, weight loss, right? You want to use just one scale. Um, so besides bioelectrical impedance, there's something called a skinfold measurement uh, where you actually pinch uh, certain um, anatomical positions on your body and actually grab uh, the fat layers. It feels great <laughs> if, you've done it, if you've never done it before. Um, usually you can't do it on yourself, but it is possible if you know what you're doing. Uh, and then there's some kind of more advanced ways to test. The hydrostatic um, uh, test is where you get submerged under water, which is a pretty, it's a pretty crazy test. Have you ever done that test, sitting the hydrostatic test? No. Underwater test? I don't test? know if I would enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty interesting. I've done it a few times. Uh, once was in like a huge water tank where you have to sit on like a little swing setup and then basically you have to go underwater and almost drown yourself. You're basically letting, you're letting all the water out of your lungs as much as you can and then as soon as the bubbles stop, the technician or whoever's doing uh, the measurement will kind of pause for a few seconds to make sure everything is stabilized. So for a few seconds, you've let all the air out of your lungs and you have to sit there <laughs> and oh, not gosh. move. And then when they say, all right, come on up, you feel a tug or something after a few seconds. It's not very long. Uh, but still, being in that position, if you're somebody that has never been underwater for a long period of time and has never had the sensation of trying to let all the air out of your lungs while you're underwater, it could be a little bit of a, uh, you know, interesting situation to put yourself in. Um, Claustrophobia. But, but it, is, it is very accurate, um, not a huge percentage air chance on that test, as long as the technician knows what they're doing, of course. Um, and then there's something else called a DEXA scan, which you can actually um, do a full body scan and actually see, um, you know, the different tissues and structures within your body and kind of measure your fat percentage that way but while actually, by actually imaging it. Um, so any one of those tests will give you a good reading of body fat percentage test, although I would advise that whatever test you do, make sure you stick to that one. Um, if you, you know, you're going to measure your body fat percentage maybe two or three times through the course of your program, just so you can get consistent measurement and so you can track your progress regularly. Um, the last one I wanted to bring up, which is the waist to hip ratio. This is also an easy one to do, and it is a pretty good predictor of health. Um, because unlike BMI, it doesn't, the BMI doesn't really, um, you know, measure specific areas of weight gain. And the waist to hip ratio was developed because 
people wanted to look at, okay, well, where are people actually gaining their weight? And if you gain more weight in specific areas, that can lead to a um, higher chance of developing health issues. And for most people, men and women, we gain weight in our hips or our stomach. Um, so the waist-to-hip ratio is basically a comparison, comparison between those two measurements, much like BMI. Um, and then dividing those numbers, you'll get uh, your score. And usually that score, um, you're aiming for under 1.0. So let's say you have, you know, if you're a male and you get a score of, uh, you know, 0.9. Okay, well, that's kind of average. Um, if you get a, I'm sorry, if you get a score of 0.9, that's low. If you get a score of 0.95, then that's considered kind of moderate to average. And then if you're over one as a male, um, that's considered, you know, high risk for health issues. And so women have their own uh, chart as well. Uh, for women, if your waist to hip ratio is 0.8 or lower, then you're, you're doing a pretty good job. Uh, if it's above 0.8, then you're kind of in a moderate range. And then once it gets above 0.85, uh, then you're considered at high risk uh, for some of those health complications. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of a lot of data, a lot of information. Um, again, stick with something that you're comfortable doing. Um, obviously, if you don't have a way to measure your circumference measurements, it's going to be hard for you to do that. Um, if you don't know your weight, that's going to be hard for you to do as well. So the first thing you need to do is try to find um, you know what your accurate weight is. Uh, and then you'll be able to um, figure out your BMI. You'll be able to do your body fat percentage in an estimate. Obviously, you'll be able to track your scale weight if you want to. And then all you need is a tape measure, something you can, or a loose tape measure, not a rigid tape measure to measure your waist to hip ratio. Um, and uh, those can be kind of some easy ways for you to start keeping track um, of how effective your workout program is because. That's what a lot of people do. They try to measure their weight loss. They try to measure, you know, whether or not they're getting lean. And for most people, that's, you know, how they look in the mirror and if they see more fat or they see more muscle. Um, you know, some people want to measure their strength gain. Somebody, some people want to measure how much uh, muscle growth they've had in a specific area. Um, you got to be able to test test these these things, which is why I wanted to provide you with some of these um, calculations so you could do that going forward. So uh, just to kind of give you a take-home message, you know, if you're concerned about any of these numbers that you have, whether it's BMI, whether it's body fat, um, obviously the scale weight, waist-to-hip ratio, um, you know, what, what's the main thing you should be focusing on um, in terms of a general program? What kind of program should you be leaning towards? And I always tell people, you know, if you need to lose weight, then, yeah, you're going to want to try to focus on – weight loss, fat loss, not, not muscle loss, fat loss. Um, so the, the best way to do that is to make sure that you are, you know, actively participating in some kind of cardiovascular exercise, whether that be going out for a walk every day, whether that's doing some HIIT training, um, doing some more moderate, uh, long form cardiovascular activity like running or, you know, elliptical or cycling, whatever it is. And then you're doing that on most days. But then you also have to make sure that you're maintaining your muscle mass because if you're not doing any type of resistance training and you're trying to lose weight, uh, you're going to end up losing both fat weight and muscle weight, which is not something you want to do. Muscle is very important. Um, and it keeps you strong. It keeps you able to move well. Um, so doing resistance training 
uh, with your cardiovascular exercise, with a healthy diet, is going to put you in the best place to lose weight, lose fat weight, and um, at a minimum, keep the muscle you already had, and also hopefully boost a little bit of muscle mass as well, so that when you do a retest, if you do a BMI test, if you do a body fat test, um, if you do a waist to hip ratio, you should see all of those numbers come down on a consistent basis as long as you're consistent with your workout program. So that's, I know, a lot of information, but I think it's important to touch on those things because um, if you're not keeping track of your workout program uh, and how effective it is, then, you know, it's good that you're doing it. It's good that you're staying active. Um, but at some point, you're going to need to know if your workout program is actually doing anything for you. <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh yeah i have like i think six different links that i'm going to post um with some of those articles and some of the history on bmi if you want to dig into it a little bit deeper and then uh hopefully next week we'll come back give you some more information on uh how to live well i know we've got a ton of recipes that we're doing right now and uh mm -hmm. i feel like i feel like we need to kind of jump back into the nutrition topic so we're looking forward to talking a little bit more on nutrition next week so stay tuned cool <laughs> see you guys <laughs> i'm excited for that all right <laughs> see you guys